welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Good afternoon and welcome to this uh, to this week's episode of the Tradey Hour and uh, what a phenomenal lineup we have uh, today as it relates to all things trades and construction and if you're in Melbourne uh, over the last 72 or so hours you'd feel like you had just turned 16 again. We were allowed out, we stayed out, we had a good time and uh, my god this town is uh, pumping again but the rest of Australia are uh, welcome and uh, what an amazing um, array of uh, guests we have here today starting with Brett Crowther from uh, TAG, Trade Alliance Group, what a phenomenal business that is. Looking forward to sharing uh, this afternoon with you, Brett. Nick Collins, GM of uh, of a business that's almost 100 years old. My God. I mean, you know, we talk to our clients within the first 60, 90 days as to what would it look like if you built a business that would last 100 years? And this is one chapter in the book. And here we have it. You know, the, the GM, the general manager of Middendorf's, one of the biggest and the best in the country as it relates to electrical wholesale and supply. And uh, welcome, welcome, Nick. Good to have you here. And, and Luke Williams, um, um, head honcho of the Hazard Co. Juggernauts in Australia, uh, a phenomenal Australian and New Zealand business that currently is serving 10,000. That's, that's one, two, three, four. Yeah, 10,000. That's five zeros after the one. My God, 10,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand in all things, um, safety and uh, occupational standards. And, uh, you know, it's one thing doing the job. It's another thing getting home and kissing your loved ones at the end of every day. And uh, I think that's an amazing job you guys are doing and looking forward to uh, riffing with you, Luke. I guess um, when we think about, um, it, it's, it's almost November, right? Like when it's all done and dusted, we've got six or so weeks of productivity, the, uh, the stop and the, uh, and, and, the, and the on and off that's occurred across all of Australia in the last several uh, months and, and the year that's been, again, the second year in COVID, I guess um, the, the, there's a fair, fair amount of um, um, productivity and work and projects that still need to be completed. But I'm going to go as far as saying this, the traditional hump called Christmas. You know, if you're a trade and or construction-based business, any trade, and there's 80 trades that make up construction, by the way, um, we typically refer to the four or five big ones. But if you're in trade right now and you're not really thinking about your schedule all the way to the 15th of February, then um, you're going to need to do um, some thinking on that because you want to get into the January month with the best year ever, the best first quarter of a calendar year ever. And uh, I look forward to riffing on that as we go. I'm going to kick off with you, Brett. Let me, I mean, TAG, what is TAG? Trade Alliance Group, what is that? That sounds like an amazing um, business. Tell us a little bit about that. What do you do? Well, Trade Alliance Group is here to help improve the lives and businesses of smaller, smaller builders and tradies. And we do that predominantly by uh, helping on the purchasing side of things, get better prices and better service out of our suppliers. And that happens when the whole group gets together and supports uh, our suppliers. We're funneling all that volume through a supplier and they want to look after us. And so that's so the main way we do that. And what's a typical uh, client that you would um, would help or assist or within your community? What would be a typical client? I mean, you have a massive following here in Victoria, a very strong following, which is your grassroots up in Northern Australia there in, um, in Queensland. What is a typical client at TAG? 
the majority of our members are builders. So the smaller builders, that they're not uh, anything like the project builder. In fact, we're trying to help them be competitive against the project builders. So the smaller guys, one or two employees, couple of homes a year, or maybe they do one big mansion, a million dollar mansion, the stuff that the project builders can't touch. So we're here to help them uh, run a better business. And, and when the business is running well, their lives are so much better because of it. So that's what keeps us going. And I guess um, having to um, ha having done a fair bit of work with um, Tag in the last few months and and understanding your brand promise, it's definitely about helping your clients and and members and community uh, be be better as to how they make decisions, how they treat their suppliers with with a partnership approach. And it's um, really good um, really good work that you do there, you and Simon and the team, the whole team there at Tag. So we'll get back to you in a moment. Nick, welcome, mate. Um, Middies, it's an institution. It's a it's definitely a reference point for standard, um, an amazing business. It's almost 100 years old, privately owned, and uh, being the general manager of what is a very large business, how does your day and week and ultimately uh, year go when there's two years in COVID, mate? How does that go for you? You look quite young. How did you do that? <laughs> Well, I've reconnected with my wife and family, uh, Stefan. That's been one uh, thing that's happened due to COVID. Uh, I used to spend a fair bit of time away from home, but um, you learn you learn to do uh, business differently, um, which has been brought on us. And um, it's about, you know, creating the right culture for your people. I mean, you know, we've got a very good longevity of staff. You know, we've got 30% uh, of our staff over 10 years and, and about 12% over 20 years. So, I mean... Wow. You know, the culture that's been instilled in us as a part of a family business is what we try to really promote heavily with our own staff. And that's why, you know, we've got some good longevity and some really good development opportunities to really promote within our own business more so than, you know, starting from scratch again. But you need to have a mixture of both as well. Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, the whole notion of a family-style business is that whole, the intimacy and when you think about the word intimacy, and it's one of those words, into me, you see. In other words, the transparency, culture, and ultimately the power that comes within that. And then you bring talent into it from other walks in life. And all of a sudden, the, the one plus one equals five, six, and seven. And that's what we truly try and help our trading and construction-based clients also. Just to understand that, you know, you can't be everything. It is important to allow talent to come in and, and ultimately bring smarter people than you, as we say, to uh, to ultimately take this business to the next level. And, and you just need to be a great investor and, and a better owner as you go along for that journey and not losing your family ideals, which is, um, again, what I see in Timidies and, and, and what you guys do then. Having come from a family business environment myself, it is, um, it's not easy, but it doesn't have to be hard. No, very true. And uh, Luke. You know, mate, before COVID, it was you representing Hazard Co with a little flag on the corner. I used, to, I used to see on the corner there, just waving your little flag saying Hazard Co on your own. Now you're up to 27 people and absolutely causing a storm, a positive storm, that is, as it relates to the work you do. Tell us about Hazard Co, mate. What, what is Hazard Co? Yeah, thanks, Stefan. Um, it's certainly been a, a pretty explosive time and a, and a pretty crazy journey over the last 18 months. Um, I remember you know, first couple of builders I was chatting to, you know, two and a half, three years ago was, was me with a laptop on the back of a ute on a building site, you know, out, out the back of nowhere near, near, um, uh, near Seymour in country Victoria. to now, yeah, 27 uh, staff members across the country, um, digitally connecting with builders for the most part, although our Queensland team still take, take part in all the Trade Alliance golf days that, that are thrown our way. Um, 
Yeah, so Hazico came from a health and safety background, uh, a builder and a, and a brickie actually in New Zealand, um, realised that the guys on the other side of construction, commercial construction, were, were doing a lot more than they were in, in health and safety. And they thought, geez, you know, should we be doing more? Uh, and stumbled across the fact that legislation says that, yeah, they absolutely should be doing more. Um, so how do we make it easy for people? And that's really been our journey over, over the last um, decade and in particular the last four or five years in, in taking health and safety digital um, as a platform and, and as, a, a, as a level of advice and service, uh, making it easier. You know, the two main reasons why tradies and builders don't do health and safety is because they don't have enough time or they're not confident with how to do it. So as with anything in life, the one thing we don't do is the thing that we don't think we can do. Uh, I try not to kick my footy on my, on my left-hand foot, uh, mostly because I can't kick it on my left-hand side, uh, not because I don't want to. So, you know, that, that's where it is from a health and safety point of view and, and we're on a mission to, to make it easier and, uh, and give more confidence to, to customers. Yeah, no, phenom phenomenal work there, mate, and uh, certainly a juggernaut that's building momentum on a weekly basis. And well done on, on that. And leading that in Australia, um, no doubt, um, New Zealand's a little more mature in the uh, hazard code journey than, um, than Australia, but you're doing a great job leading it. So, mate, I'll start with you. Um, how have you continued to, again, navigate? You know, when you think about you're your, your where the buck stop in, stops in Australia for your organisation that's very trade and construction centric. Mm -hmm. How have you navigated through this period and um, and supported, I guess, your community and the new ones that you're uh, meeting and, and the ones that you're yet to meet? How have you ensured that the standard of how you support tradies and ensure that they're stepping up to be better? How have you done that over the last couple of years and, and the last year specifically? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um, I think the key thing we've done is a, a continual flow of information and, and it's about getting that information right. You don't want to be just serving up a whole heap of information on a, on a tradies plate that, that goes in one ear and out the other quite literally because they've got too much to deal with. So for us, it's very much about taking this changing landscape, the changing legislations. You know, we were talking earlier today, Stefan, about, you know, depending on which state you are and, and, and what you're doing and, and, and who you are depends on what you need to collect or, or what you need to verify or do you, do you look at something and approve it or do you need to keep a copy of it, you know, vaccine certificates and all sorts of things. So uh, translating all of that for, for tradies and builders, getting that information out to them, making those changes automatic and rapid fire for them throughout this whole process uh, has been a big part of what we've done for our, for our community and our network of customers. Uh, two years ago, you know, builders would quite, uh, quite often ask, you know, my, are my tradies going to scan this QR code? And now builders are calling us up saying, you know, I need, to, I need another one. Everyone's scanning. You, got, you can't go anywhere without scanning your QR code. So it's been about, you know, a continual education process, but, but really being that level of service to, to provide answers through the, through the changing landscape that we've all experienced. And it almost feels like if you're not changing with the time, you're truly going to be left behind. So I think collectively, it'd be fair to say, you know, the, 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 the bunch of us here for tradies and construction, and, and it's easy to say they're very busy and they're simple and we need to ensure that they're, uh, they're, they're taking on the information. But in fairness, they have no option. Like to survive in this day and age, would you agree, Nick? To survive in this day and age, you know, your your big end sparkies and your 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 startup sparkies, there's compliance and, and and rules of the game within each state, which has been my my surprise as to 
what's happened in the last two years is how un- misaligned the whole country is. Mm. Like, and it's not even political. This is like going back 250 years, the constitution is to, hang on, who designed this thing? Because it's out of whack and misaligned and you got you got cowboys everywhere running states that are thinking they're the prime minister of um, Switzerland and Austria and freaking Czechoslovakia. It's unbelievable. But um, how, do you, how do you ensure that our clients, our common tr- clients in trade and construction is a, a, a separating the, uh, the truth from the bullshit is really important. And um, and Brett, for you, obviously, you know, again, you're um, you would be a go-to organisation at Tag for um, builders who are needing. Okay, what do we do? How do we do this? You know, whether it's finding new workers that are uh, you know hard to find right now, skilled workers right now is tight, materials are tight. How do you deal with that? How have you navigated your community throughout um, this couple of um, these couple of mountains called skilled shortages? and uh, material shortages. Yeah, there has just been so much uncertainty over the last two years. And that's been the big problem. People just don't know where to turn, what to do, what's coming, what's happening next. And so just to provide a little bit of a, a voice of reason, a sounding board, we don't have all the answers either. It's pretty hard for us to keep up with everything that's going on as well. So Trade Alliance Group refers our members to the people who do know. But I guess before it even gets to there, the, the uncertainty is what's playing on their mind. And so we need to give them a little bit of hope, a little bit of, hey, it's all right, you can get the information here. And even before we're talking to the customer, um, I guess what I've been doing is giving that to my team so that they're feeling a little bit of certainty to start with so that they can actually convey that certainty to all of our members that they're talking to as well. So. Yeah, it starts with the team and I don't have all the answers. I'm not even certain, but I'm saying, yeah, look, these are the things we know. These are the things we don't know. We're in control of this. We can't control that. So let's focus on this and let's point our members in the right direction if they've got a question about this. And, and again, it's a, it's a really good point. You can't have all the answers because things are moving at a very quick pace. And for you, Nick, with, um, with the pricing changes that are occurring almost daily, I mean, Copper's been an issue. Um, the copper pricing has been an issue for a very long time. And this is global. And um, you're, you and your team are doing your best to keep it together. Ensure that your clients are understanding that, you know, you're not all of a sudden profiteering because you just woke up and realised um, this is another way to get rich versus play that slido long enough, you might get your uh, your four plus supplementary, mate. So... Right. How do, you go, how do you deal with that, again, the, the ethos, the culture of communication and specifically around the pricing challenges in recent, um, in recent times? Yeah, thanks, Stefan. Copper's a really good subject because it's gone up about 40% in the last, you know, nine months. So the small to medium contractors doing, you know, small residential, you know, hasn't had as much of an impact on the large construction, right? Because when you're doing a 20 or 30 storey fit out, a large portion of that is is copper. So I think the, the secret's about, you know, giving the customer plenty of notice. And in some cases, they're hedging the copper if it's a large project. So they're hedging the copper to last them for the duration of the project, which then gives them a bit of safety. Um, and from the small to medium contractors, we want to make sure that the price increases filter through. And, you know, it's okay for us to pass it on to the our customers, but can they get it passed on to their end consumer or customer as well? Because that when it sticks, everyone is comfortable because everyone's getting it passed on to them. If it only gets as far as our customers, well, then they're copping the heat and it's, it's, you know, it's really hurting their margin. So it's about working with them 
um, on a you know case by case basis as well. Yeah. So you know, last week's event that we ran um, in collaboration and and having Brad there as a uh, as a reference point for our businesses in common, the uh, young Brad, he runs a two million dollar business. Solar has gone up. Strictly speaking, the, the material costs have gone up thirty percent in the last literally ninety days. How do you go about that? Do you just keep your mouth shut and go broke, or do you actually, again, you go and brainstorm with your supply chain, right? I mean, and brainstorm doesn't equal put a gun to people's heads. Brainstorm equals let's work through this together. Yeah. On the other front, Brad has to go back to his his, his operational approach and figure out how can I get this schedule delivered two hours sooner with no rework. So there's this whole shift that needs to go on and it's and it's forward, it's backwards, it's sideways. All is in, in play when you think about protecting the gross profit. Because with tradie-based businesses, if they get their GP wrong, then the whole thing's, you know, it won't be too long before they lose their home, then that ripples into bad debt and so forth. And we don't want that and we don't need that. And we're living in a world that truly the global indicators are there and they're very obvious. So I feel what you guys are doing at Middies, um, no doubt um, Trade Alliance Group as it relates to, you know, having conversations that ensure A-grade suppliers are treating your membership with um, with a partnership approach. I feel the, um, the muscle that more mature businesses such as ours in this room bring for the trade and construction industries is to their advantage. And they don't necessarily need to be our clients, is my view on this which is why we run the tradie hour, because if we can help more tradies be better, then that's power to us, as in all of us. And um, I think that's the uh, the abundance approach to what we do. Luke, from your perspective, um, what do you see as some of the trends that, that again, being a, a business that's truly working with the smallest to the, the, the up and coming and, and the bigger uh, um, trade and construction businesses in Australia? And give me some examples that we're not, just talking um, surface level now. What do you see as a trend as it relates to where OHS goes, OHSME goes in the next one, two, three years? What are things we need to be thinking about or starting to factor in as to doing business and doing business at a safety level? Yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for asking. I think both ends of the of the spectrum as far as the the really big guys. Um, you know, your, your, your tier one volume housing um, housing builders all the way down to, you know, the, the Trade Alliance guys that are building a couple of houses a year, uh, you know, three or four plus a, plus a renovation or, or a couple of big um, decent builds are all now heading in the same direction. Uh, so it's always been kind of three elements to, con- to the construction industry, the commercial guys that are just doing, you know, everything over and above the the big residential guys that are that are doing it their own way and then the rest of the industry that are kind of just trying to get the next job done sort of thing and i think the digital age has helped bring everyone into alignment and so that the little guys can operate their businesses now at a higher level they can be more professional they can be more streamlined i think the biggest trend uh across the whole industry now is about visibility um, so it's really about data. It's about seeing everything. It's about having a full understanding, you know, not just health and safety, you know, from, from a point of view of your cash flow, from a point of view of your, your business operations, your staff, you know, a big thing in the health and safety um, space, particularly, you know, now and, and, and in the next probably 6, 12, 18 months will be around pre-qualification of trades. So, 
you know, vaccine certificates is a good example of a, of a situation where you need to know, you have to have visibility over the status of somebody in, in, in regards to, um, to an aspect of their, um, of their ability to complete a, a job or a role. And that rolls out across, you know, build, builders for, for a long time have been looking at how they can collect licenses, registrations, insurances, work cover insurance, all these sorts of things. Um, and so streamlining that, digitizing that, giving clear visibility, pre-site, at site, you know, you can instantly look at something and know that you've got pre-qualified trades on site, that you've got insurances for everyone. You know, that instant peace of mind that used to be, used to be called compliance, but now it's much more of just about, you know, laying your head down on the pillow at the end of the night, knowing that, you know, there's no, there's no boogeyman in the closet about to give you a call and say, guess what we found out. Um, and so that's a big part and streamlining that, streamlining all the business processes, we're seeing much, much more smaller businesses jump onto digital platforms, um, workflow platforms, job management platforms. You know, it started with the Procores, which were, you know, for the Lend Leases and the Multiplexes. Uh, and now you've got everything all the way down to, you know, to small electrical and plumbing contractors on platforms like Field Pulse and, uh, and ServiceMate, you know, SimPro. And then you start to get back up BuildExact and, and Build-A-Trend. So, you know, what we see in the industry is a big ecosystem play. So no one's trying to be everything, you know, other than Bunnings maybe, but you know, there's no plasterboard manufacturers out there making windows anymore. You know, Borrell sold their windows. Um, they, they concentrate on, on plasterboard, you know, they, con they concentrate on concrete. So that's happening in, in the digital space as well. So you've got these workflow platform providers and then health and safety and accounting and, and everyone kind of plugs into that and creates this ecosystem so that, you know, Zero can sort out your finances, Hazico can sort out your health and safety and, you know, and, and it all ends up in this nice workflow where everything's visible. And at the end of the day, it makes life easier for the tradie and he can go home and like Nick said, spend more time reconnecting with his wife and kids. <laughs> and it's a really good, <laughs> yeah. And that's, um, that's really cool. And that's important too, right? I mean, remember, we all started our business or our careers to, to have a life that we dreamed of, right? Absolutely. And, and, and a little bit of that was putting food on the table. And a lot of that's about being there when the food's on the table to have it with your kids, right? And your family. So that is a, um, a definite full circle playing out. And I feel that in what I see now as a trend, I feel that whole reconnection, which is, which is real, um, that's going to continue. I feel more people are going to defend that. And, and on the back of, again, systemization, automization, and, and digital, um, that's about getting your time back. Mm, and in absolutely. all fairness, um, ignorance is not bliss, right? You, as the owner of a business or the leader of a business, and specifically trading and, and construction where you could have been referred to as someone that just didn't need to be, you know, the full six pack, right? You could um, you could get away with being a little bit, you know, let's call it larrikin in your making. The onus is on you, and you know, with the manslaughter laws and 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 all that. If we look at the extreme case mm -hmm. here, you know, the the onus is on you to be the owner of a uh, a business that's safe and and constantly looking, reviewing, and analysing where could we be doing the business better? Where could we be buying better? Where not cheaper, better. And there's a distinct difference. Where is it that there's a community so I don't feel like I'm, you know, I'm lonely and I'm exhausted and being time poor? Where is it that I could be um, truly belonging to something as I 
within my own right and building something that again may befit the dream that I um, started this whole thing with. Don't forget, most most tradies who are running tradie based businesses or construction, they did work for someone at some point. It might have been their dad, and it definitely was someone else. Most tradies don't go out of being an apprentice because they need to be an apprentice somewhere uh, before they went out on their own. And what typically happens is they do leave someone that they refer to as an idiot. And then they go and start their own business. And three to five years on, it gets a little tricky, right? Because they do ignore what's important. And then they do ignore what's not only important, but bloody non-negotiable. And therefore, when they look in the mirror, they start thinking, who's the freaking idiot now? Right? So very, very important. Um, Nick, from your perspective, do you see any any trends um, in terms of um, material and substitutes? Like if you think about the plumbing industry, and I'll use that as the example, right? It started out with the cement pipes, they became PVC, and now we've got Flexi, and there's a whole heap of stuff that's replaced the traditional pipes of 50 years ago. And we have, um, I mean, the drain man, he was meant to be on tonight, today as a, a panellist, you know, he, he does re, relining as an area of expertise. Like that's his, you know, five miles deep, two inches wide. I'm searching for diamonds, mate. Five miles wide and three inches deep is a mud bath. I'm not playing there. Good, good man. So for you, are you seeing any trends as it relates to um, um, alternative materials and or things that are going on in the US or Northern Europe that are definitely coming through to Aussie um, very soon? I suppose, um, good question, Stefan. I mean, you know, new technology, so smarter products have definitely been, you know, the, the flavour of the last four or five years, you know, home automation. We still see that power is still going to be a really important part of the electrical um, atmosphere, but it's now about DIY. So it's more about now technical people about, you know, security. Since since COVID, I mean, people are spending more time at home, so they're, they're really concerned about their family and safety. So we sold a lot more security systems and a lot more home automation. So people can on their way, you know, turn devices on or off. So it's definitely a lot more from an automation perspective. As far as the um, the products making from the, you know, the quality of the product and the makeup of the product, that hasn't changed a lot. But it's definitely becoming more smarter. And you look at dichroic lighting to LED lighting. That's been a big change over the last, you know, five years. Um, but it's more about, you know, what are our supply partners um, internationally and, you know, globally looking at as far as um, sustainability and about a big parts around waste as well, around, you know, waste around cardboard, plastics. So a lot of that's been coming into, into the themes. But as far as the product themselves, there hasn't been any mastermind change as far as the making of the product or the, you know, the construction part of it. And you see the, uh, the the genesis or the source of the product and 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 the, and the global, I guess, supply chains. Are you seeing a shift from certain parts of Asia into other parts? Are you seeing a shift from Northern Europe into other part Eastern Europe? Perhaps are you seeing some of that shift at your level? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we buy all our product from reputable brands, so we don't manufacture any products ourselves. But there's definitely been a bit of concern around what's going on in China. And more is going to, you know, looking at India, Taiwan, um, Vietnam. That's definitely being looked at by suppliers as we speak because they're really concerned about China having so much of a, a control on what's coming out of there. So, um, yeah, that's definitely that. That'll and that'll continue to move um, because, you know, 
global suppliers and also local suppliers are really concerned about that. And, and with that comes competition. And with that comes the, again, the, the alternative pricing models and, and the menu boarding of, of, I guess, what is right now a little bit of a tricky situation, not only for your industry, Nick, and, and your uh, place of um, authority, no doubt, at Middies, but you think about timber, you think about PVC, it's happening across the board it's a global i mean we've got clients in the us right now that literally for the next seven months are um are needing to extend their their contracts in certain regions because there's nothing there's absolutely zero zero materials on site and that's got nothing to do with i'm not i haven't got a good credit rating or i've got no good um partnerships in supply it's got to do with it has dried up so it's really interesting and there's a lot of money as we know in the economies like liquidity in all um, Western countries right now is very strong. Property is a driver for liquidity. And um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out over the next three to five years. Um, and there's one thing for sure, property and construction will continue to be a very, very booming and, um, and, and lucrative industry, but it's going to be the, uh, the supply chains of the world and how that gets manoeuvred that's going to play out. As a final little bit for today, I'm just going to come around the room. Brett, I'm going to come to you. What, 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 if you had three tips for 2022, what would they be, mate? Well, let's see. <laughs> just um, three, mate. <laughs> three. All right. Um, you can't do it all by yourself. You need to have a team and you need to trust the team. <laughs> So that's definitely number one. Um, also, vision, mission, values uh, are what drives the business and the team. So you need to be very clear on what you're about, what your niche is, whatever it is that you're focusing on. This is the one thing that you're absolutely going to crush and make sure all the team are on board and, and crushing that with you. Um, so there's two. I'll have to think about the third still, Stefan. I want to make it clear. That's not bad from a stop start there, mate. Very impressive. And it's always hard to go first on that one. Luke's smiling, thinking, Hang, thank Christ he didn't go first with me. And Nick's thinking, don't go second, Stefan. So, Luke, number two, what are three things that you could, uh, again, just, just give some um, counsel and wisdom as to 2022? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so similar to, to Brett's, a little bit of overlap, but I said I would have gone with uh, have a plan. So make sure you know what you want to achieve in 2022. Um, set your goals from the outset and have a, have a clear plan. Get a good team or keep a good team if you've already got one. Um, so that lines up pretty well with, with Brett and, and not doing it on your own. Um, and then the third is, is have some, get some processes. You know, streamline your businesses. Get as much control over the, the aspects of your, businesses, uh, of your business as you can. Um, so, yeah, have a goal, get a good team, and then put your processes in place. And have a crack at kicking a ball on the left. I'll, I'll try. I'll come back to you. Next, I mean, what's the year. worst thing? I mean, you just got to drop it on your foot and kick it. As long as it goes five metres forward, you're kicking it. You'd be doing So you've got to have a go. Because <laughs> processes are one of those. I mean, we're running a process intensive for our clients on Thursday. And it's it's one of my favourites because I get everyone coming and going, oh, buggered systems. Oh, geez, it's systems, right? And uh, people just... They're not born loving systems, right? No, 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 I don't know about anyone in this room. You don't grow up saying, I'm going to be the systems freak, man. You just don't do that. 
But but they're and, out there. So mesh two and three together and find somebody who loves systems. <laughs> and once you get going, don't look for perfection, look for progression. Love yeah. that. Brilliant. Just put the ball on the left and see what happens. It's only going to go forward or sideways. It's not going to go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick, three tips as it relates to 2022, mate. You're the wisest in the room from what I can see, although I've got a better shade of grey than you. What are the top three from you, mate? I think it's just, you know, continue to stay close to your supply partners and your customers. I mean, that's really important. Um, development of your people. So, you know, I think from a professional, from a personal and a professional um, basis, keep developing within your team, your network of people. And you need a plan. If you don't have a plan, your plan's going to fail. So I think that's, you know, we probably have processes and strategy. Have a plan and, you know, have a short, medium, long-term plan because a plan can always alter depending on the dynamics you're working in. But if you don't have a plan to start with, you're going to spend too much time working in it and not enough time working on it. Beautiful. Well done, guys. Hey, um, that's a wrap. That's our um, Tradies Hour um, episode number six. That brings our pilot to an end. And uh, thank you so much, Nick Collins, General Manager of the Mighty and the uh, and the Unbelievable Middendorps. Luke Williams, Hazard Code juggernaut right now, just absolutely being um, a reference and a, and a standard, all things OHSE. And uh, reach out to Luke, he's a great guy. And, and Trade Alliance Group, Simon, um, Brett, great having you here. Great working with you and Simon over the last several months in doing what we're doing. And um, power to you and the community you lead, mate. And um, thanks to each and every one of you for uh, devoting and donating some of your time here this afternoon. Power to you all. Thank you, everybody. Have a great, um, have a great weekend. Have a great week. Make it count. Thank you. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening. 